Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 279 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. It's all good, man. Appropriate. Uh, luxurious. And spacious. I like that one. That was very, very good, Sam. And I just watched the episode yesterday, so it literally, it fit perfectly. It does fit perfectly. And of course, he's referring to Better Call Saul, which we are going to talk about tonight, but we have an insanely enormous episode tonight. I feel like I say that every week, but like almost every week, I mean it. (laughs) (laughs) For the most part, we mean it. So like there's actually stuff to talk about. I mean, we got a lot. So let's just dive in. We got picks of the week. We got trivia 9.5 for me, 8.5 for Sam. We have... The debut Stranger Things trailer. We had some teasers along the way, but we haven't had a excuse me a full trailer yet. And now we do almost three minutes of footage to just feast on. And I'm so excited. Then we have some Better Call Saul news. And our top three is going to go with that. However, I am going to issue a spoiler warning. So I don't even want to talk about what it is about. I'm going to give you a spoiler warning and there will be time codes if you want to skip the story, because I understand that for some uh, listeners, it could ruin some things. Yes, I would say for our probably one and two. Yes, there is spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. So we will uh, we will just give you a skip on all the Better Call Saul stuff in case. You haven't watched it or do not want spoilers for the upcoming final season. We have some Moon Knight halfway impressions. We do this for all of our big shows that we both watch where we do debut impressions, then hit it halfway home spoiler free. And then at the end, we give our spoiler review. So Moon Knight is halfway done already, and we are going to give our halfway home impressions Uh, from there. For all mankind, Ted, uh, National Treasure, Percy Jackson, all get updates. Uh, DC wants to overhaul its its movie department. Ghost of Tsushima's movie got an update. The Blue Beetle film found its villain. Sam will take over in gaming where we're going to talk about Bug Snacks, Kingdom Hearts, Vicarious Visions, and The Witcher before Sam brings us home with a weekly WADA. So let's not waste any more time. Sam, let's start where we customarily do our picks of the week. Pick of the week is, is definitely different this week for me. It's not mainly for this said person. It's mainly for the activity. But um, recently, uh, me, Kelly, Alex Blaine, we saw Steve Aoki at the Noto nightclub. And it's EDM. It's not my scene. I mean, I, I think you know that. Very, I'm pretty sure. Not my scene at all. Um, but it was it was different. My, my pick of the week is it could be that, but it's mainly to get back out there in the concert again, just to get in the environment of people. I think I already have three or four concerts lined up this year, which, again, I went from what? We went to one in 2020, and then we didn't do shit for two years. <laughs> so it just it just felt good to be out in the atmosphere. It didn't feel good to pay for two rum and Cokes and a mini bottle of Fiji that was $40. That that sucked. I'm not going to lie there. But, again, the, you know, she, she, Kelly wanted to go. His music, I know he has six albums. I know a memoir came out, I think, two years ago. I know he's all over the Pokemon scene. He's on the NFT scene. He, this guy's all over the place. But I I mainly knew him for, for the cakes. So I remember when we were, we were driving to it, I see his story that he's literally catching a plane to go there. Now I'm like, uh-oh, is he going to make it in time? The doors say open at 11 till 2 o'clock. I'm like, okay, it's a very late show, whatever. He doesn't step foot on stage until 2.15 in the morning. Ugh. And I was like, and I 
I went up talking to one of the guys at work. There. He goes, yeah, he came late, but, but I think the plane got delayed or something. And he's like, yeah, he's going to play till 4 a.m. My heart sank. You know me. I'm, I'm in bed by 9, 10 o'clock. So just to get in at 11, to be there this late, 4 a.m. And, and Kelly, you know, I think it was maybe around 3.15, 3.30. Babe, we can go if you want. I was like, no. I, I, I was in mental warfare that whole thing. I am not leaving until this guy hits people in the face with cakes. That's what he does. At the end of his show, he throws like 8 to 10 cakes. And people love it. They're always like death standing people's shoulders. The first cake he threw hit a guy. Boom. He just goes right back. I got it all on video. I thought it was freaking hilarious. But it, it was a different show. It was a different experience. Just basically don't try. Like, don't be afraid to, to go to something new that's a little bit out of your comfort zone. It was definitely out of my comfort zone. Uh, the no-do nightclub was uh, it was a little tight. Um, I, I definitely came back with some bruises. Just uh, people were just throwing themselves. They don't give a shit. I, I felt like I was in the pit, even though I, we were pretty close, but it wasn't like the pit atmosphere. But the pick of the week is go try to get out there, go to concerts, whether it's one you've never seen before, you've seen them a million times, get out there again and have some fun. Well, Philly has a mask mandate again. So. And, and it, well, it, it's, it's, it's selective. Yeah, exactly. And I was, was going to say, not every, I can't even say it, but not every place is abiding by that. They're like, oh no, we'll go to we're, we're following FTC. Philadelphia is a throwing thing. I'm like, huh? I'm like, what's happening right now? Yeah, we're like the only city in the country, or at least one of. But whatever. What are you going to do? It's where strange we times. Strange times. Uh, my pick of the week is HBO Max. Just keeps hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting, and they don't miss. And it has quickly become just one of the best streaming services available, especially for the bang for your buck. And it continues to hit again with this out of nowhere show that I had no idea was even being produced until it dropped. I didn't hear a thing about it. And all of a sudden they dropped the first three episodes and I was like, Oh, what? and I just had to check it out. And I'm talking about Julia and uh, oh, the cooking show, Julia Gulia. And uh, yeah, Julia from uh, yeah. Julia child. And, and uh, she basically is the godmother of cooking television and it's her origin story, basically, of how she became the French chef and how that show kind of took off. And so basically her beginnings in Cambridge. And I mean, she gets the show in the first episode, so they don't hit you with a lot of like bullshit. They kind of get right to it. But it tells a story of like her producer and the woman who found her and her fr- fr- uh, relationships and her friendships and her husband, Paul, played by David Hyde Pierce from Kramer. Um, not. I'm sorry, not Kramer. Uh, Frazier. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was like, yeah, he'll fix, he'll, he'll catch his mistake. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was in Frazier. He wasn't Frazier. That's Kelsey Grammer. But um, uh, what is it? Bebe Newverth, Sarah Lankshire, Fran Katz, Brittany Bradford, Fiona Glascott, Rob Levesque, Howard Breslow. So not a, not an incredibly well known. Yeah, I didn't know one person. Um cast except for david hyde pierce i think everybody would know him at least if you're around in the 90s but 8.5 out of 10 out of 2000 ratings on imdb uh out of the eight episodes 8.3 8.4 8.5 8.4 the last one was a 6.0 that just debuted this morning i didn't think it was a six i thought I, i liked it i would say episode two was probably the one that that didn't grab me everyone else has just been fantastic and it's like i said it's she essentially essentially invented cooking shows as we know them today uh, with her show, The French Chef. And this takes place, I think, 
in the 60s, 70s. I can't remember which, maybe the 70s. And uh, boy, it's just great. It's a little bit funny, a little bit dark, a little bit dramatic. Um, totally interesting, never boring. And I I love it. So if you, like me, grew up on cooking shows, because that's what I did. I grew up on cooking shows. Um, then then you'll like this one. I still miss when East meets West. I I loved East meets, East meets West. I love that show. It was so good. I Dude, forgot about I, it. I feel like people really forget about the show. And to me, that was when you think it's like food channels, that's the first food channel I always think of because it was the first one I actually loved. Yeah. Emerald Live. Um, Grillin' and Chillin' was my first favorite. Um, Iron Chef, but the original Japanese one yeah. is just the go. Classic. But East meets, oh, I can never say East meets West was phenomenal, and I completely forgot about it. I also liked Molto Mario, and then I realized Mario Batali isn't a great dude. Okay, yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on. Trivia, 9.5 for me, 8.5 for you. Our race to 11, win by two. I'm going to give you the question first chance to tie it up. Right. The, got- the series premiere of Better Call Saul drew the second best ratings in AMC history for any series premiere. What show drew better? I mean, I feel like it's a trap, but I'm going to go Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, my God. Oh, that's disgusting. I'm sick. Like, I'm Breaking sick. Bad and The Walking Dead didn't catch on in the first season. Yeah, that's sick. I, I like I first almost said Breaking Bad. I was like, you know what? It can't be because it, it wasn't that big. It's first season. <laughs> Dude, your answers were Killing Eve, Fear the Walking Dead, The Walking Dead World yeah. Beyond, or Comic Book Men. So you probably would have gotten it. I don't know. Dude, I probably still would have said Walking Dead because fear was horrible. Mm. Yeah. All right. That was a good question, man. Good question. All right. I have a Crash Bandicoot question. Crash Bandicoot, The Wrath of Cortex, is the blank main installment in the overall Crash Bandicoot series. Second. Incorrect. It is the fourth. Oh, it's the PlayStation Two one. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I'll take. I'll hey, you know, we'll get points. I'll take it. All right, nine point five for me, eight point five for you. Let's start in the TV section for the news, where we got a Stranger Things four trailer. This was heavy. Yeah. What did you think? The kids got older. Yeah, they're (laughs) they're in high school now. They they dated them up. They're all adults. They dated them up. Yeah. But I, I, I'm hyped to dive back into this world. I This is the show that, you know, I definitely want to binge. I, I'm glad that this isn't like a one episode a week just because I know that every season comes out. I binge it in a day, max two. It's all done. Now they got a, a new boss monster. Is yeah, I'll get into him. In a, I'll get into Vecna in a second because that's something I want to talk about because that looks badass. And oh. it also looks like Billy as a mutant, but whatever, you know, it could, could be that or evil swamp thing coming back after he got canceled <laughs> after his first season. We don't know yet. <laughs> I'm surprised HBO max hasn't revived that. They really should. Well, yeah. we, we could be getting to that. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but I thought it was a phenomenal trailer and yeah. you know, for a show that took three years off and when you have children actors, we've said this for the past three years, isn't it wild that our show's six years old and for half of it, Stranger Things has not been on. Oh, I, I didn't even look at it that way. Yeah, that is odd. That's like wild to think. But it's the truth. And so yeah. we've only had Stranger Things in our lives for half of our podcast. And I think you say it well 
when you say it's the type of show that needs to come out all at once. Cause I do believe yeah. there's a world where the weekly release schedule doesn't work. And this is one of them. And so this is the type of show where I prefer to watch it all as I, as I can, because it's, it is the, the ultimately bingeable show. Now this season, every episode over an hour long, that is an uphill climb. That's going to be tough. Yeah. They have our attention. I think it's what nine episodes this season. Because I know it's broken into two parts. So are they doing just like the first five, first six, or are they giving us all nine? Uh, they are breaking it up into two parts, and I want to say it's five and four. Let me take okay. a look. Let me take a look. It'll tell There's me. Not, yeah, I'm in season four. Just It just says nine, and then it only says May 27th for the first episode, then the rest just say 2022. No, five on May 27th, and six, seven, eight, and nine on July 1st. Oh, dude. So this is easy going to be a, a one-day binge. Wow. Five episodes. Wow, that's five plus hours of content. You're good on that. I got myself about, well, Vecna's Curse is the name of the second episode. So, all right, that'll probably leave me on a cliffhanger. So, yeah, and I see episode four, Dear Billy. You have, so here was a crazy, crazy Easter egg that was spotted in the trailer, and I did not spot it, but I got to give credit to those who did, and it's really cool. Um, In the beginning of the trailer, um, when she's looking at Billy's headstone, Mm -hmm. and it says, Billy. Yeah. Later on in the trailer, when she's levitating, yep. it says yep. it says William. Yep. It's like, yeah. is that I, a dream? Is that uh, like, you know, a nightmare? And, and Vecna's got her. And you know what I mean? And like William's yep. in there and it's going to be. so. But, I, I, you know, to me, that's one of those things that's definitely not in. That is definitely intentional. Like they put it. Oh, in my there God. Yeah. There's no way. Oh, my God. We made a huge mistake. There's no they They meant to do that. <laughs> we put the wrong name on the headstone. Doesn't seem like a plausible excuse. So, yeah, um, I'm definitely excited for that. The upside down seems to be coming up into Hawkins. I yep. mean, it's going to be in Mike's parents house and with this brother and his mom. And Natalie is going to be in or Nancy. I mean, is going to be in there fucking it up. She's got this shotgun like it. It's going to be wild. And the crazy part is it's not the final season. I, it's not and they made again it looks like uh steve is another uh, he's still a Steve's badass. not gonna make it you don't think steve's making it steve's not gonna make it that's my you prediction. think he, he sacrifices himself to save her Ooh, to, save, to save nancy that's yeah. a really good one that's a really i didn't think about that because she seems like she's handling herself fine but i don't think he makes it i think of all the kids he's gonna die um, I mean, it's either going to be him or Jonathan Byers. Like someone, Jonathan Byers isn't loved, her. isn't loved by the fans like Steve is. Like it would suck to see Jonathan Byers die because it's Will's brother, it's Nancy's current love interest, all yeah. this. But Steve's the man. Like yeah. out of the four main kids, outside of them, Steve's arguably the best character in the show. Yeah, um, and I would say uh, Robin's right up there. I thought Robin was fantastic, and Billy actually. Billy was. And, and it's 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 Steve's relationship with Dustin. Dustin, that really, like, yeah, the relationship is everything to me. And so, like, can you imagine that ending? And like at the end of part one, so you have time to think about it. Think about what happened at the end of the last episode of Ozark for part one. That fucking sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, like, shit. Like so, but, you know, it, it we, just it, the, the love triangle. I feel like still there for Nancy. So I, I just one of them. You're you're right. Like one of them's got to go. Like the impact. Of course, Steve would would gut us. Of, yeah. So it would I hurt. Think, it would hurt to lose. If you, you know, here's the deal, man. You pulled a fake out on Hopper. You gotta go hard with somebody else now because Billy was a nice character to to kill off, but he's Billy. He wasn't a main character. But you did have Sean Astin. His death hurt. But he came in in season two. Steve has been around since the first episode. So you want to talk about like long standing characters in the show? They had a chance to do that with Hopper, and they didn't want to pull the trigger and actually kill him. 
And now like that felt when he came back, you, that fucking sucked. Like I was kind of hoping, Oh man, that took a little bit of the shine off of that season and to wait three years again. I want something that's going to break me. <laughs> and Steve yeah. tying is, is just that that's just my theory. But I thought the trailer overall was just fantastic. It gave us exactly what we wanted. We got two good looks at Vecna. We now heard him speak. What did you think of Vecna and his pretty grotesque look? I mean, I, I just, I got Swamp Thing vibes. I'm like an evil Swamp Thing. That's kind of like the first thing I thought of. I mean, I, th- I thought he looked okay. I mean, you need a big baddie. I mean, okay, it makes sense. I just, the, they cannot do the Mind Flayer for the third straight season. So. I think like, that's why they changed up. They realized we can't just rely on this guy again. And he'll be the Mind Flayer, at least the upside down version of the Mind Flayer, because they did fuck up the one from the mall. Um I think they flash at the end of season three and the mind flayer still in the upside down. So he'll be a part of it. But Vecna's probably they're going to be the one controlling the mind flayer or what have you. It could very well be Billy um, kind of reincarnate. I don't think so. Maybe I should look up Vecna's meaning in other languages and see if it translates to something like William or Billy. Um, I figure the Internet probably would have already done that. But um, it's it's kind of exactly what we need. And by the way, Robert England, who played Freddy Krueger, is in it, and his eyes are all pussy, and he's blind, and they're like sewed shut. That was wild. Yeah, that was cool. And it, and Millie Bobby Brown doesn't have her powers, right? Oh, and they and they flash yeah. back to her as a young one again, and they like put the CG over her to de-age her, and it actually looked pretty good. So um, I'm I'm in. I think this is just going to be the season that we we really want, that we need, that will see. My I guess my big problem is how long we're going to wait for five. Now I say that because. A lot of these folks that watch this are going to be done on July 1st. When these episodes hit, they're going to be done. And then how oh, long do we have to wait again? And it's we got season three, July 4th, 2019. And I'll tell you, though, there's one good thing. They wanted to film season five immediately because of the kids' ages. So I don't know if we're actually going to have to wait that long. Because so season five is shot. So they're probably. So did they say now. did they say they wrap filming for the show? I don't remember reading that. Uh, they might have done it for like some, but they they might be holding on to some scenes like a flash forward. And so they can't technically wrap it because they want the kids to even be older. I, I do not know. Maybe they're holding that back because season four is not even out yet. So they want to hold back news on five to like keep the shine on. I, I just don't know. But um, this is this is great. And I'm so excited. And I think that. This is without even seeing an episode yet. This is going to be a strong contender at the end of the year for sure. And I mean, like the, just to show the first season, 97%, second season, 94%, third season, 89%. Like what other shows that, that you think of that were like that universally acclaimed of getting them high reviews? Mm. Like, I'm, I'm trying to like Breaking Bad, like I, maybe the first four or five seasons of Game of Thrones, like to have like just the, the consistency. Like if they could stick four and stick the landing for five, this could be like one of like, in consider like in the top 10 of like best shows um here's the thing the only reason i would say it, it's it's might not be is the audience that it like this isn't breaking bad or game of thrones that had a wide wide range of audience i don't True. i don't know if my mom would ever watch stranger things i don't know if like you know what i mean so i, I feel like there's a cap on the people that would enjoy this show uh, i don't know maybe, maybe i'm wrong but I, listen, don't be surprised if it's the when season four drops, if it is the number one fastest show, you know, above Squid Game in terms of being. Don't be surprised. It's very, very well plausible because when you wait yeah. three years on something and they do t- teasers and trailers and the hype machine that is Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff, I, 
you know, it would not shock me if this show becomes the number one show in Netflix history quickly, like this season. In particular. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Better Call Saul. And this is where our spoilers are going to be out there. We got time codes. Look in the description. I'll put them in there. If you do not want to be spoiled or anything that has happened so far in Better Call Saul or uh, some potential spoilers for no, not even potential for some spoilers for season six debuting on Monday. So just a couple oh, days away. Um then skip this and oh. just go look at the description. Check out the time codes for when this is over because we're going to be talking Better Call Saul. And we're going to be here for a minute because our top three is in this realm too. But Better Call Saul has announced some guest characters for the sixth and final season premiering Monday, April 18th. And Sam, I'm going to let you say the names of those characters. I mean, I, I if you watch Breaking a Bit, I think it was on your mind. Will the, will the big two, will Jesse and Walt, will they show up? I, I always thought they were going to, but then AMC literally said, here, there's a picture of the two. You will see them in the final season. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I wasn't shocked. I'm sure some people may have been pissed off, but just, I don't know, my common sense said, we yes, we are going to see these guys way well before they showed us this picture on Twitter. Just had no effing idea that they would just randomly drop that without any like buildup or trailer or nothing, not even like a teaser. They just would say, yeah, by the way, Variety says they're coming. They're coming. Yeah. So we're going to get Walt and Jesse. Now, we don't know if it's going to be um, if they're going to try to de-age them like they did in El Camino. Um, don't know what timeline this is going to be. Is it going to be Walt pre-cancer? Is it going to be yeah. Jesse? You know, that it probably will be. But to make 42-year-old Aaron Paul look 20 again is going to be a challenge. I mean, I, I, I. It's funny that I would rather believe that than what we got of Jesse Plemons. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I I think that's fair, right? I th- I think no matter what, uh, I I think he's going to look way better than what we got in El Camino. Je- Jesse Plemons just enjoys himself a couple of T bones, and I can't fault the man. You yeah. know, I, I'm with him. <laughs> he was eating them three at a time. I get it. <laughs> got him. Uh, never mind. I can't. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Jesse and Saul, or Jesse and uh, Walt in Better Call Saul. Does this worry you at all? I, I I have complete faith. Vince Gilligan said that he wanted to, he knew where he wanted to end the show. So I feel like this was always in the back of his mind. And, you know, you want to give that final season a little bump. It makes perfect sense. Have the two that basically started everything. Without them two, we would have never got this show. Give them. I don't think we're going to see them a lot. I think it'll be a one episode thing, and that'll be it. I don't even. I hope it's not an episode. I hope it's okay. Well, no, I'm not. Yeah, and I'm not even saying it's going to be the whole episode. I'm saying maybe it's it's a five minute scene, six minutes. I don't think it's going to be too long. Yeah, but it's just going to be just enough that I think it's, we're just going to smile like idiots. Hank and Gomi, like that was the perfect cameo. Yep. That's yep. it. I think it's spread across two episodes, um, but it was short on both ends. And like that would burn a candle for me that I'd be happy with. I yeah. don't want them to take the focus off of Jimmy McGill. I do not want that to happen. And I'm, that's what I'm afraid of is it's going to pull away from Saul and into, Oh my God, all we're going to talk about is Walt and Jesse. And it's like, so, so but here's the thing. Hold on. To, okay. If I real quick, I'm so sorry. Walt didn't really meet Jesse or work with him until post cancer though. So it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to be together uh, because that would have to be post-cancer now that I'm thinking about it. If it's pre-cancer Walt, they would have to be two separate cameos because they don't know each other outside of he was his teacher. Yeah. So I was going to say would be when we get to fast forward, are we going to see Jesse 
after El Camino. Maybe he meets up with Saul or something down the road. They meet at the mall or wherever he's at that they meet up. I hope not. I hope the ending to Gene Takovic's story is him meeting up with Kim. Somewhere in Kansas City where she was born or right outside of Kansas City. Okay, so you you think Kim's going to make it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think she went away and left Albuquerque because of some threat because of Lalo or whomever. She's going to leave, even though she's badass, especially in that fifth season. Um, But I think she leaves at the behest of Jimmy. And all these years later, as Gene Takovic, he goes and finds her in. I don't think it'll be Albuquerque, even though I think he's going to go back to Albuquerque. Yeah. I think it'll be in her hometown around Kansas City. somewhere. I mean, like right now, obviously not seeing one episode of the new season yet. I don't think she's going to make it. I I think Lalo's is I, I just think Lalo's out for blood. Just wow. right now, again, that could change after the first episode. Maybe something happens, and I, I kind of hope you're right because I do love Kim Wesser. I wow. like her character. I like what she went through. I like what she stood up for Jimmy when she kind of told him to knock his shit off. Yeah. The only thing I think is Nacho lives because of better of, because in Breaking Bad, Saul Goodman, the first time he meets Jesse and Walt, says, "Did Ignacio send you, or was it Lalo?" And that's a paraphrase, but like he mentions both of them by name, which hints at them both being alive, um, hmm. which could be interesting. So I think if anybody does die, it's probably Kim. I just hope that she gets out of Dodge, goes back to Kansas City. Gene Takovic meets up with her. I, that's also a lot of travel on Gene, especially when he uh, says, I'm going to go handle it myself. Like that says I'm going back to Albuquerque. So maybe just maybe Kim goes back to Albuquerque or he calls her because they did set up a while back. He calls her on her birthday. So like in, in breaking bad, there was a scene where I think they're rushing to get ready or something like that. And he says to the receptionist, like if she, if, if they call or, you know, here's this phone to make this one phone call. And I think it was on Kim's birthday. So I think he calls her once a year on her birthday or she calls him on his. I can't remember what that actually looked like. So I think that could be the the, the kickoff to them getting back together is that phone call. So I think she's alive, too. I think all three of them are going to make it, as a matter of fact, out of Better Call Saul. Interesting. Um, yeah, because Gene Takovic's story takes place after Breaking Bad. So, yeah, if so, facto, I think all three of them make it out. If anyone does, it's actually Lalo. That's what I'll say. And maybe if anyone makes that live, you think it's it is Lalo? No, if anybody dies, I think it's Lalo. But I don't know okay. if Jimmy. I don't know if Jimmy or Saul slash Jimmy would know it. So maybe that's why he says maybe Lalo in Breaking Bad. Maybe he's dead. And he just doesn't know because it happened in Mexico or something. Huh. So I, there's a there's a ton of theories out there. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, we could sit here in theorycraft forever, um, but we wanted to give our top three for the week. Our top three. Characters were kind of looking forward to seeing their stories come to an end or conclude with this final season of Better Call Saul. And my number three, I went with the classic Gustavo Fring, Juan Carlo Esposito. I I love him in this role. He was so menacing in Breaking Bad, and I think one of the, well, again you rewatched it, so you, your memory is probably a little fresher mind. But the yeah, last Ashley and I me- finished season five, so we're all caught up. So the last thing, again, it's been a while since I've seen the last season, but the last thing I remember is, you know, his his mole is is Nacho. So he burns down or, or destroys one of his, you know, his chicken restaurants to keep his kind of mole, you know, to keep him under wraps. So he takes that sacrifice. I just loved how methodical he is and how he planned everything out. And I'm just so excited to see him back. And I think he's going to be the one to take out Lala. Yeah, if anybody does, it's probably it's, him. It's, it's either going to be him or Kim. And so that's, that's my I, would love it if, I would love it if it was Kim. 
Him or Kim? Um, I'm calling it here. I went with all three characters whom do not appear. All three of my characters do not appear in Breaking Bad because I want them. These are arcs I'm looking forward to see the conclusion of, not f- continue on in Breaking Bad and to, like see mm-hmm. where they pick up. So my number three is a little weird. You might think it'd be Lalo, you know, something like that. No, no not at all. No, mine is Howard Hamlin. I want to see the end of his story very badly because he's not in Breaking Bad. Patrick and, Fabian. And I, I want to know what happens to HHM because it's never once mentioned in Breaking Bad. Not even the letters HHM. I don't even know if they say a word in that show with HHM in it. Um, where does he go? Where does he move to? Does he die? That could be an interesting twist because he now without Chuck has become sympathetic to Jimmy and offered him a job and all that stuff. So like there is that potential of like, you want to kill somebody kind of minor. Well, there you go. Howard Hamlin. And you know, like I said, HHM, which he says it's built back up. It's become a reputable firm again. Well, in breaking bad, just four years after better call Saul ends or three years, whatever, there is no HHM. So what happened to it? Cannot wait to find out what happens to Howard Hamlin. I I, I do love his character. I I did love his whole arc of kind of being like the nemesis. And then you kind of find out that, He's been basically following Chuck's orders the entire time. Again, great choice. Howard Hamlin, great pick. I think we're going to have the same two in one. Oh, but I I already, I texted you before we're going to have, it's either going to be switched, but my number two is not Joe. Wow. My number two is not. Michael Mando. I absolutely love, and it's funny because the one of the episodes we just watched was called Nacho. Again, so me and Kelly were watching. We just watched the first, I think five episodes of the first season. So it it just kind of dove back in of why I freaking love this character kind of hell where he started of of being you know, the drug ring with Hector and he worked for his father and with the upholstery shop and kind of where he started there and he was living like basically two separate lives and at the, at the, again spoiler again we, we said in the beginning of where he ends where he turns on Lalo he unlocks the door he the back door he leaves it's assumed that Lalo is dead and now he has no idea that Lalo is alive and after him because he knows who the snitch is. Mm, I can't wait. Dude. I'm so excited. My number two is Kim. So, uh, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We just talked about her a lot, mm-hmm. and so I don't really feel like I have to dive too deep. Um, I think she's alive, and I think they meet up, and that's kind of how the show ends is um, a potential. You're going for the end. fairy tale ending. Hey, um, I, I like your optimism. Because, because it might be the least expected one with a character like him. All the bad things he's done, and he gets a happy ending. Cheaters almost never prosper, but with Jimmy, slipping Jimmy, he does. Uh, we're gonna find out. And pr- my number one is Lalo. I mean, come on, we've we've oh, sung no shit. Oh, we've okay. sung Tony Dalton's praises forever. The last episode, I I was literally ready to jump through my screen of leaving the one guy alive to make in the call to kill everywhere. You think he's this guy's dead? There's no way he's gonna survive. Where he kind of came in season four as a little recurring actor, blah blah blah, comes in five and six and as a recurring role, and I cannot wait to see how he ends. I again, I, I think he's going to meet his end, but there there will be blood. I, is Kim not even on your list? That's no. crazy. My my number one is Nacho. Um, hmm. There's no character that I like more than Nacho. I'm shocked that Lala was on your list. There's no shocked. character I'm rooting for more than Nacho. There's you know, this is a guy who wants out and you feel for him. And, you know, when his dad had the gun on him and like, 
that that argument they got into in his house and there's just so many arcs that nacho has gone through and you just feel for the guy and you know that el camino moment i want him to have it i want that jesse driving out of the car out of the nazi compound crying i want that moment for nacho and i feel like if they steal that from us that will suck you want to talk about steve dying in stranger things this one would hurt worse and i want there's no character i'm rooting for more in television this year than nacho varga so that would be my number one interesting that'll do it for the spoilers ladies and gentlemen welcome back if you skipped over the spoilers for the better call Saul talk oh man this might be the show where we haven't done it in a while this might be the show where we have to do weekly breakdowns because we used to do that for all the big ones yeah, I, 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 well, again, in the first, they're dropping the first two episodes, so it only makes sense. I kind of feel like we have to go back to this and do a Better Call Saul weekly thing. Better Call Saul talk, Talking Saul. No, they did that one before. AMC did that. That's 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 uh, not not a thing. All right, hard, right, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about Moon Knight. Sam, I'm going to kick this one to you. You just go off, my friend. What do you think about Moon Knight? It's three episodes done. We're halfway home, six episodes in total. Spoiler free now. Are you still liking it? I can say honestly saying... I enjoyed all three episodes. One thing I can say right off the bat is that I never thought I would say. The show actually made me like Mr. Knight. As we all know, I've stated many times in the comics, I do not like many the Mr. Times. Knight. I don't like the Mr. Knight persona. At least in the first run that he appeared, that was the suit that he mainly fought in. He didn't have the armored Moon Knight suit. It was just the white suit like he's going to communion. This one, they kind of... <laughs> <laughs> they, they they play it off as like the comedy. Yeah. Every time you see Stephen Grant saying something funny, Mark says, you know, you look like a stupid, you know, KFC guy or something like that. Like they, they made it more of a joke and I, it, it works for it. I mean, kudos to Oscar Isaac. He's the main reason why I'm even liking it. So and from what I've been hearing from mostly everyone, mostly everyone, not everyone, that everyone's been loving Moon Knight. And that's for me being a huge Moon Knight fan. Yes, what they're doing is definitely different than how he is in the comics, which is okay. I don't want to, you know, you don't have to tell me the same retelling of the story of the same comic that I read 10 times over. Mm-hmm. I, I I did hear, um, um, it, it wasn't like confirmed. It was a speculation that of this other personality. I hope it's not what um, our boy said, Ryan Airy. Uh, I think his, his latest one, he, it's basically like uh, he kind of he thinks it could be a, a, a basically a villain of Moon. I, I hope it that's not it. I really hope it's not it. And they really stick to the, the Jake Lockley persona because it's we all know he if you look at it, it's the first thing you see in his description is Stephen Grant, Mark Spector, Jake Lockley. They're the three his three three main personalities. They've been hinting at it since I think the second and third episode. And I believe we are going to find out who that is in the next episode. Um, did you see the tweet from the guy who plays what Shang-Chi or? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that him? Was the guy who played Shang-Chi or the guy who played Liu Kang? I can't remember. Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi right? Shang-Chi. He said uh, something about Mr. Knight's like the shit or is awesome or something like that. Yeah, and he's like, Moon Knight is effing awesome. Yeah, there you go. So, but uh, that kind of. one thing I do want to say because we don't know. So, I'm, I was talking to my buddy Darth Haithman on IG. Yeah, and yeah, he likes a lot of our stuff. Hey, shout out to him. He he's seriously a, a super awesome guy. We always talk about comic stuff, but he kind of he's like the intro song for this episode. He goes, he's like, as soon as we heard the song, I guess that's a huge song in um, India and all that. It was by DJ Kaboo, and he said, "This is the the 
the um, the actual the singer artist of the song that he uses. I'm flattered to see my song Arab Trap Four Enta being used as an intro and outro of the newest Marvel show, Moon Knight Episode Three. He's like, I literally had goosebumps watching it. I hope this will make the world hear what our region has to offer. I thought that was cool, and then here Darcy's like, dude, like, when I heard that lyrics, he's like, I got so hype. I'm not gonna lie, I was, dude, that's awesome. I had no idea. We're not on that side of the world. So to hear that and time, you know, that they hear like the actual like DJ get like goosebumps, get hype about it. I just thought that was freaking awesome. That is freaking awesome. I like that a lot. That's really cool. Um, I, I like the show too. And I actually thought the third episode was the weakest. And I think I'm in the minority on that. I think a lot of people like it a lot more than I did. Um, it lost me pretty fucking hard. But, but unlike Halo, the first two episodes have done enough for me to get me right back in it and just think that this was just a one-off because to your point, six episodes, they're setting something up quick. And I think four has to be that payoff. Like if you think about a typical story arc, you got the rising action, the falling action, the denouement, but in a six episode arc, that rising action can't last more than that third episode. It cannot. Nope. You can't just give us two episodes out of six that bring it home. That's where Falcon absolutely missed the mark absolutely missed the mark. And that's yep. why WandaVision was allowed to get away with the three episode thing that they did in the beginning. Cause it was nine episodes, not six. So really, if you take away those three sitcom episodes to start it, it was a six episode arc and they hit it pretty quick with the Agatha stuff and the vision stuff. So like, you know, this has to get to where it needs to go this coming week. So, and I have all the faith that it will. So I'm good. I just yeah. didn't really care for that that last episode. It just See, didn't I, I I love all the Egyptian, all that mythology, all the history they threw out you having you. I think it was four out of the nine gods there. Maybe it might have been five. Um, and, and just like the comics, hell, um, Khonshu is is the black sheep of the god family, and like to see how they played it off, like oh, Khonshu, like what do you, like what do you want? And I, I I kudos to F Murray Abraham. I think it is the voice of Khonshu is perfect. I love his tone. Um, I, I know you, like you, you griped a little bit with Arthur Harris character at the end. He's fucking everywhere. I know that they summon him into that temple, but outside of that, he's still everywhere. Go back and watch it. He's in every scene and no matter what the setting is, he's just there. They're walking down the street. He's there. Like, it's just really convenient. And that's my biggest gripe is his time travel abilities. I mean, well, so he does, he does possess some sort of power. So maybe we will kind of see it how powerful he is in episodes four, five, and six. So maybe that could help you, maybe not. But I did like three. They did finally introduce um, the one actor who uh, passed away, Gaspard Yulil. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wonder Anton, if I believe his name was, or Anton. Yeah, Anton M- Mogart. Is, that's, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but I don't know if we're going to see him again or if we're going to see him in costume at all. I don't know the way they kind of ended that. I don't know if they're going to bring him back for the episodes four, five, and six, or or maybe that's just how they left it because of his passing. I, I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm interested because I, I thought I thought he was fine in the role for the little bit we got of him. So I think like the telling thing for me on this is your response to everything so far has been, I like it. It's good. But for like the Moon Knight fan you are and how much you were looking forward to this show and quite frankly what this show could have delivered, I'm surprised, A, that it's not a bigger reaction from you, and B, that tells me you might not, it might not hit every spot for you. I think it's because it's just, it's, it's different than the comics that I've been reading for all these years. It's so it's, I'm, I'm accepting that it's something new. Um, in, in my head, I'm still, I still think the when he puts on the suit, it still reminds me of Sailor Moon. 
there's nothing I can take. You can't, you can't change my mind about, I mean, it's still cool. I like the way it looks, but every time I see it, I think of Sailor Moon. Uh, so it's, it's like, it's like little nitpicks like that. Like it's, it's, it's not a perfect show, but it's doing enough right that I, I can see, and I know the potential of Moon Knight. I think this is a perfect starting point for people who don't know the character. And then after the six episodes, then you, then you could do, you know, season two, you want to do Midnight Suns, you want to give him a feature film. I think then you can set it up. But at first, I just need this whole six episodes as a whole first to digest. I think that's fair. You'll make your judgment when it's all when it's everything's there for you. Basically. Exactly. Because, again, it's they change things because they didn't want him to be too, too much like Batman. I get it. Like Stephen Grant's character is completely changed to what he is in the comic. Yeah. And, and, and that's fine. It's just I'm just, you know, I'm not. I'm, I don't want to just say, oh, my God, it's it's. The best thing since sliced bread. I, it, it, that's not true. I, I want to be honest and genuine. I don't like you say. I don't want to have the blinders on. I want to give you an honest feedback. I don't want to just say this is the best show ever made. But I will say that I definitely have been enjoying this just as much as Hawkeye. Oh wow! Okay. Them, them two to me are still the best. Moon Knight and and Hawkeye are the best Disney Plus shows. I I can't say anything about Moon Knight's like where it'll finish. Like you said, it's only three in. I'll give it, you know, it's it's second half here. Hawkeye to me still stands on the top uncontested. I think Moon Knight falls somewhere in like around the WandaVision area. Like I like it a lot. And at one point, WandaVision was my favorite. So it's definitely up there because that first episode to me was still really, really, really good. And I think is the reason why I want to wait till the end like I want to see how it obviously it starts and ends because at all the other Disney Plus shows, I'll probably never watch WandaVision again. I'll probably never watch Cap and Falcon. I'm never going to watch Loki again. Hawkeye is the only show I think that I I will actually go back and watch and enjoy. Yeah. It also and, is the one that's least connected directly to the MCU. So like it does and, have and, a little bit And maybe bit that's more. another reason why I'm liking this that this is this is something fresh. We're not getting like a a Marvel rinse wash repeat. This is something completely due. Like we haven't gotten something like this since like Iron Man until like the start of everything. Everything else has kind of been connected. Your stupid Marvel jokes. <laughs> I feel like the, the, the jokes here are warranted. They're not forced. Mm-hmm. Like when he did the, ah, oh, Steven would have and later skaters, like little stupid stuff like that, that I, I'm actually laughing where Morbius, all them other shit, all the other stupid Marvel's jokes were, they just fell flat. This theater is in silence. They won't last, but they ain't getting it. And but I feel like for Moonlight, they're landing. They're warranted. They're warranted uh, because I don't think it tries to be a comedy either. Exactly. Yeah. This isn't supposed to. I think they give you like one or two an episode so far. That's it. What not with a Marvel movie? They they throw fifteen twenty at you down your throat in one hits. Relentlessly, like relentlessly, yeah. they do not give up. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, very cool. I uh, I'm happy to continue to watch it. Unlike Halo, you watched all four of Halo. I have given up, so I'll binge Halo at one point. And, and of the year. for for the Halo fans, I think if like if you play the games, you probably may may not like the show. He does. Yeah, not I, I don't know anymore. I don't know about that. I guess I see plenty of Halo fans love the show. They, I, I just don't like Pablo Shriver as Master Chief. That's the one thing that I'll watch a slow, boring space thing. I'll watch it. I like it. I don't but, like Pablo Shriver. I actively dislike him as Master Chief. But there's other people like you that I'm sure say the same thing. Oh, don't like his voice. I miss Master Chief's voice. His helmet's off too much. Like, I get it. Like, But that's not two. a reason for me to stop watching a television show. I'm 34 years old. 
Like, that's not a reason for me. The biggest thing that I don't like is this show. It's just not entertaining outside of the first 20 minutes. So you said four is good. I'll try it. I'll eventually get to it. I, I, so I think hands down four was for, for way Halo than two and three. This giant space epic. It's this very small contained show. It's like everything's in a tiny little hallway or a tiny little spaceship or even the town that the first battle took in had giant walls around it. It felt like this tiny little encampment because it's a television show with the budget of a television show and they don't yeah. have these gigantic mass sets and it's really killing me when everything is so contained inside of walls. Yes, Master Chief is walking down a hallway talking to some dude and then he walks into his ship and then he walks to here and he's in this room in this room. It's like Halo is a fucking planet. <laughs> where can we go on the planet you know so that's that's it i just it doesn't hit the mark for me so that's where i'll leave that let's move on and we're going to talk about ted the teddy bear is reportedly getting a prequel series for peacock it'll be set in 1993 with a teenage john yeah peacock it's like okay already it's like um <laughs> You know, again, and I I liked Ted. I liked Ted the first one. Ted two was it was okay. It was first okay. One was, first the one first was one was still the best. The best. I think the fucking. I actually ironically recently watched that movie. We had them some thunderstorms in the middle of the night one night, and it woke me up. And I said, "Oh my god, I think I should watch Ted because it's on HBO Max for Thunder Buddy." So I had watched that maybe two and a half, three weeks ago, and now they announced this, which is hilarious. But the funniest part of that movie is when Ked, Ted gets ca- captured by the dad and the son and they put him oh, in a bag. Giovanni Rabisi. Yeah, Rabisi yeah. and his kid and they put him in a yeah. bag and they're running away and Ted uh, Ted inside the bag goes, oh my god, I can hear the fat kid running. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was him and the little bit of Patrick Warburton. Got everything he said, I was cracking up. <laughs> I, it was, that's when like, Ron Reynolds was his like boyfriend or something like that. Yeah. That little cameo. That Just was that's funny. one short scene cameo where he turns out to be a homosexual Actual, yeah, that was really. Yeah, cool. I mean, I it's funny because I, I'm looking here. It's like, and I think, oh, in the end of 01, McFarlane said that he was kind of working on a sequel. So like, to have a prequel television series, and and McFarlane is is one of the showrunners. I'm I'm just kind of shocked that it's going to Peacock. That's all. He's, I just he's I, voice. Well, it doesn't it doesn't um, it doesn't shock me. But I would have thought. It depends who owns the rights to the movies. If Universal owns the rights to the movies, then then it doesn't shock me at all because Peacock is a Universal. I mean, it's streaming distri- service. It's, it's distributed by Universal Pictures. There you go. So yeah. distribution rights for the prequel series have to be on Peacock because HBO Max right now is running the has the movies, but that doesn't mean that they have that they, own, they own the distribution gotcha, rights. They just gotcha. lease it out. So whoever owns the distribution rights, they'll put it on their own streaming platform. And plus, yeah. Peacock needs original programming and it needs viewers. And if Seth MacFarlane is going to come back as the voice of Ted, it gives me hope because I have zero hope for the human characters in a prequel where yeah. that's going to be teenagers. Man, teenagers suck at acting outside of strangers. <laughs> so not it all relies on Seth MacFarlane as it always does. <laughs> so when is that different? Um, so let's continue on for all mankind. And this is for all the Greg Halls in the, in the house. Listen to the pod for all mankind. I personally think the best TV show on right now of anything Ted Lasso included. I think it's the, the best TV show going um, right up there with better call. Saul will premiere season three on June 10th of this year for Apple TV. Plus, if you have not watched this show, it is a revisionist history what if the Russians won the space race and were the first people to land on the moon? How would that have affected the United States of America? And it is 
just phenomenal. Joel Kinnaman, uh, Kill- wow, say Kinnaman. it for me. Joel Kinnaman stars <laughs> is the main character. Um, oh man, what's her face? Oh gosh, Chantal. Oh, Chantal, something. My God, what is her name? Give it to me here. Chantal. I, I'm looking for you. I got it. Chantal Van St- uh, Van Santen. She was in the. She was Becca Butcher from the Boys. Oh yep, she was in the Flash. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Michael Dorman, Ren Schmidt, Jody Balfour, Keir, uh, Chris Marshall, Sonia Walger, Noah Harpster. You absolutely know. Um, uh, I would watch this show just for Joel Kidman, I think. And Chris Bauer. Chris, he was in, he was in the first season. Yep. Good He's, actor. He was uh, on. Uh, well, don't spoil it. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. yeah, he was in the first season. There's three of them. I mean, I've never seen it, so what do I know? Math. Do the math. But it is phenomenal. They do – what I love is they take real-world characters, like the actual president of the United States, the actual head of NASA, the actual you know people who ran it back in Houston who were the actual – you know in the communications. And they do all the actual names, but they just flip their roles around. What if it was Russia who won and like we're catching up and playing second fiddle? And just it's oh my god the the season finale to season two is still the best episode of TV potentially ever. One thing I'm looking at it's rare to see that the second season is better than the first season. But it's it's held up. I'm telling you, it's held up because of that um, finale. The finale. Yeah, the finale. Seventy four percent first season, a hundred percent on the second season. And the um, every season outside in season two, every episode is in the sevens, except for episode three, which is an eight. Episode nine, which is an 8.7. That was a banger episode. And episode 10 is a 10. Epi- I'm telling you, the season finale of episode two is the greatest television episode I can remember watching of anything. It's that yeah, good. It, it's Trinity it, Killer good. Okay. I mean, it, it's definitely on my list. It's just I don't have Apple TV Plus. Mm, yes, you do. And you refuse to just get it. Download I mean, it. You have fucking six months for free on your PlayStation 5. You just literally have to redeem it. And then you could watch Ted Lasso and For All Mankind and fucking um, all the C. other like C. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, how have you not watched C yet? And the after there, party. And there's so many shows on Apple TV Plus and C- HBO Max that I know that if and when I do download it, I know that because right now I'm at the point where I'm looking at Netflix. I don't see none. I'm looking yeah. at Amazon. I don't see none. I'm looking at. What's the other one? HBO Disney Max. Plus. I'm, I'm like, uh, I, I, I'm at the three I have. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to branch out. So it might be time to start my free trial. Severance, Ted Lasso, We Crashed. I think I love trying the morning show. Um, C, Coda, Sus- uh, Coda was the fucking best picture at the Oscars. Suspicion is a good one. They have a show with, um, oh, who played Captain America? Why am I? Give it Chris to Evans. Me. Thank you. They have a show with Chris Evans on there. They have uh, uh, Charlie Brown is on there. If you want <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Friday night baseball, if you want a little bit of major league baseball, John Stewart has a show on there as an original. So it, Apple TV plus is just so underrated, underrated. By the way, I, I did say uh, on Twitter pre episode that uh, Sandy Alcantara was going to go, or Alcantara was going to go six innings, one run. Kyle Gibson, five innings, four runs. Guess what? I nailed it. That's exactly what happened. It's yes. four to one Marlins in the bottom of the sixth. I'm just telling you that I'm a savant. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, for all mankind, you got to check it out. Justin Bartha is reprising his role for the National Treasure Disney Plus series. Sam, this one's you, my friend. 
Yeah, and I like Justin Barber. He he was first known from National Treasure, and then he did Failure to Launch with Matthew McConaughey. And also, I see Catherine Zeta-Jones is in here, too. Ooh. So I, I didn't see her at all casting, and everyone else, is. they all look like they're teenagers. And it looks like it's the same. This, it says the series will follow the same concept as the films, just with a younger cast. And there are, they're filming it right now. Uh, it's still being produced by Jerry Bruckheimer, who did the same as the two movies. Uh, I know Nick Cage just did an interview saying, he goes, I heard they're working on the third one, but I haven't seen a script yet. So I'm kind of hoping to have the Justin Bartha with Jerry Bruckheimer still being involved that I hope it kind of ties in together and maybe they all meet for the third one. I don't know, but I'm definitely going to check this one out on Disney+. Plus. I have to finish the movies. I'm halfway through the first one and I've been there for like four months. So See, that's it. I don't know. I, I, I got sucked in. I, I love the whole cast. I, I thought it was phenomenal. They were in, like, the first one being shot in Philly. Yeah, it's awesome. They were in like some Iceland, Greenland, some really cold Antarctic place. And I was like, this is cool. And then I fell yep. asleep and everyone. That's what Sean up. Bean. Yep. I know the scene. Priority playing in my head. Walker Scoble has been cast in the title role for the upcoming Percy Jackson series on Disney+. Plus. And his first role was the Adam Project. Then literally two will be Percy Jackson. Like, holy crap. And the one thing I want to say, I read all, I read the, I think it was five or six, might have been five or six movies of the Percy Jackson. I liked them all except the second book. And the second movie is the one that struggled. It's why they didn't get the third one. I, I, I remember when it came out in 2013, I said, all they have to do is get through this because the book sucked. Two, he missed Rick Verordi and the author. He missed the mark. It was the weakest one in the series, and they 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 couldn't do it. And after that, it just was in development hell. And because again, that was what uh, Logan Lerman, Alexandra Daddario, Stanley Tucci. This was they had a good cast, but they just couldn't get over that that second sea of monsters. But I think this is Disney Plus. I think this is the home for it. I think that the kid um, he showed a lot in the Adam Project, Walker Scoble. I think he's going to be good, quirky Percy Jackson, and I'm actually looking forward to the show. Don't care. Wish I did. Don't care. Uh, again, if, if you didn't read the books, you know, I, I get it. Movies kind of suck, though, yeah. I The first one, I actually liked. The second one, I didn't like the book. I didn't like the movie. Sounds like I'm out. If, if you, but if you watch the first movie... Logan Lerman, Alexander Daddario, uh, Alexander Daddario, uh, Pierce Brosnan's in the first one. I think you'll like that one, and then don't even watch the second one. I'm just gonna watch True Detective if I want to see Andrew, Alexander Daddario. There you go, the first season. <laughs> that's all. That's <laughs> if I just want to see her, I'll just. As a matter of fact, I'll just go on a website and check check out one scene. So Aaron Woody, I'll be happy. All right, movies. Moving on. DC wants to overhaul its movie department. This is a pretty loaded story. There's a ton to talk about through this. Um, reportedly, Variety reports that they actually want to find a Kevin Feige type, and they want to basically take all these heroes like Superman and give them their just desserts. Uh, get something on the books more akin with Joker being like that popular mass appeal one-off uh so like they got some work to do but they want to do it sam what do you think and by the way kevin feige's don't grow on trees yeah number one where were where were you guys five years ago when they just started just writing anything dc no one knows what to do with dc they've been needed a kevin feige they have no order over there they are just literally throwing shit at the wall and whatever sticks they're running with which is why joker 2 is probably being written even though i i hey i love joker 1 I thought that was great as a standalone. 
And I just wanted to leave it at that. I don't think we need a sequel. You, There's so many other, we always say, there's always so many other villains with that you could use besides Joker. Again, Superman is a, it's, he's, he's the guy that started everything. I mean, they just, they have to get him right. I, I still think Henry Cavill is a great Superman that just maybe the material wasn't there. Again, I still think Man of Steel is a good movie. I, I, I stand behind Man of Steel. I just think that, at the whole everything with Zack Snyder, it just they just kind of lumped it all in the one, and he got thrown on the back burner because the, the answer now was that I think what was it a week or two ago we had a podcast where I said uh, Supergirl is going to be basically the new Superman. It's like no, you we can live in a world where we have our Supergirl and we have our Superman. You cannot have DC movies or Justice League without a goddamn Superman. DC needed a whole over overhaul. I, I mean, I don't. I'd fire everybody. I want clean slate. I want everyone who's. If you, if you didn't read comics or you don't know superheroes, you don't know shit, you have no part of being in at least the DC movie side of things. Other movies, great, no problem. But you need to, again, like when I think DC, I think someone like Jim Lee, but I don't think he, I don't think he is the man for the job. I think he's probably got too much on his plate with comics. What about Reeves? What do you mean Reeves? Matt Reeves taking that reign of for DC. If the Batman is as popular as it is. I, I don't. Th- I don't think Matt Reeves wants that job because he he said many times that he don't want Superman in his Batman film. He in his mind, he's like, I have enough. But he's no longer the director. He's the head of everything. He can make it his vision. He can separate them. He doesn't have to do another BVS. I, I, I hear you. I just from just the way he worded things, I don't think that's the. I don't think that was his. He in his mind, he didn't want to have to juggle a million different stories. In his mind, he goes, "I want to focus on this. This is the guys I have to play with, and everything else is this is my this is like my own little thing. Everyone else is over there. They just have to get everyone on board." I think it, it's got. I know it's tough. Like Marvel, I don't think started from Iron Man one. Like, all right, once we have Iron Man, incredible, we have the next ten years out. They like, no, they they didn't have that. They kind of you know just did it on the fly, going on, and then. As things started picking up and they started making millions of dollars, then Kevin Feige really said, "Okay, phase one, phase two. But until we get that guy, I, I don't. I have no idea who it could be. Honestly, I, I don't know. I I, I was thinking before who who could be the Kevin Feige. Number one, who would want that position? Because then you have to take all the blame. Then any movies or projects that are already in the workings, do you pull them? Do they come out? Then if they're bad, they blame you. Like it's, it just seems like a like a very, very stressful job to have. I, I, I don't know how you even go about hiring that role. But uh, DC uh, has to do something because you can't rely just on Aquaman. Um, Wonder Woman 2 sucked. I mean, like to me, it's our, I'm already like, all right, look, we recasted Wonder Woman after the third one. Th- that's where my head's at. Like we need a whole fresh slate, except, you know, I, I do want to see the Batman sequel. I do want that. <laughs> right. Um, but could take 10 people in the role to finally find somebody like Kevin Feige. Like they just yeah. don't grow on trees unless they buy him from Marvel or like a billion dollars. Or you don't give it to just one guy. You give it to a team of but two. Isn't or three that people. what happened? And then, but the more people, the more ideas and the more ideas, the more places you. they go. And that's what happened already. That's the predicament they're in now is there's too many cooks in the kitchen. No, that, but that, that you, you have to find the people that literally want to work together, that have a plan Again, like two to three, it, it, it can't be more than that. Like you said, can't have too many cooks in the kitchen. I think two to three is your number, but just to have everything on one guy, you know, I can't, Kevin Foggy is like a unicorn. Like there's, I don't think there may not be another one of him out there, 
So I, I, I think to have two to three people just to you know, double check your work, kind of keep, you know, dot the I's, cross the T's. I, don't know. I just I just would not want to apply for that job. I yeah. don't, even with, if they with, offered me, it's like, I don't want that job. With all due respect, I think there is a Kevin Feige out there because I think there's always somebody out there for these types of things. I think it just would take a long time to find them. So I don't think this is a 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026 thing. I think by the time this overhaul happens, first, I think it'll take place a lot on HBO Max with series. Um, I think that's just the way that the world is going, is you can tell a ton more of your story through a television series. And then these big budget films, they have to be start to finish. They don't take a, a year, especially if you want to make them the right way. So this is a four to five year thing before we start to see the fruits of this minimum, in my opinion. So, yeah. you know, as much as I believe a Feige's out there, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. So this is something that we will be patient. We will look, you know, and by the way, breaking news yet again on the pod, because I, I get the, uh, the old notifications, uh, Mario golfer and 64 on switch is out right now. So hey. as you hear this, it did drop a few hours early. They tend to drop it a few hours early, but anyways, uh, so I think that it's possible. I just don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but let's move on. The Ghost of Tsushima film has found its writer. Hello. We got a writer. His name is Takahashi Dosher. He has written absolutely nothing, has absolutely no previous experience outside of some pretty indie, small indie films that have all been kind of shit on. This is a pretty big first project. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't give you the, the warm and fuzzies you want. The Especially only- with Sony's reputation. Yeah, the the only thing I have at a positive is right now directing is Chad Stolinski. That's the only positive he directed. John Wick one, two, three, and yeah, well, four. Well, you know, one was good. Did did four? God, uh, this is me with pandemic brain. Did four ever come out? Four March twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. Jesus, Louisa, the thing was supposed to be out two years ago. Oh, Again, COVID uh, got pushed back. Oh to another fucking next year jesus louises yeah it was, uh, it was supposed to come out may 21st 2021 and unbelievable then COVID. unbelievable so yeah anyway hasn't really had much writing experience on a big giant project this will be his first big budget sony backed feature film so don't know what to expect but you have an entire 60 hour experience and you know eight hour dlc to pick from you have all the Japanese lore, you have the samurai. You could just go back to the samurai history and just read it and then just write something. I mean, I don't want much different than what we got from Jin Sakai. I could do without the Iki Island hallucination bullshit. I hate that stuff. But this, the main story of this of the game was just fantastic. So, I mean, you have oh, so much to draw from. Little, little, tidbit, on, little tidbit on Chadra. I just, it's funny. I just, me and Kelly just watched The Crow two days ago. And after he had that accident on the set of The Crow, he was the one who doubled for Brandon Lee. I had no idea who was Chad Selinski. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Cause you remember he was a, a yeah. stunt coordinator mm-hmm, and his, mm-hmm. his first one was the crow. Wow. Holy shit. So yeah, That's just wild. learn that. Okay, cool. That's wild. Moving on. Susan Sarandon has been cast as the villain for the blue beetle film coming. I believe now to theaters and HBO max. If yes, I, I believe that is also. And I think that's fine. So she's a little badass, especially if you watch the, not the last season of Ray Donovan, but the one before that, she was kind of like a little, like a little villain role. And I, I thought she was, a, I thought she was pretty badass. Yeah. So I'm actually looking forward to it. Yeah. Why not? Um, Susan Saran has never been anything bad to me. I, I like her a lot. 
I'm all in. And a Blue Beetle, I'm not a lot of people know who he is. All we know is it's the actor from uh, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, Miguel Diaz. For the yes, hopefully, just hopefully, you know. Again, his, his acting has improved. We got to say that. No, no he wasn't. No, you know, it first hasn't. one he was. No, rough. it hasn't. No. You still think he sucks? Yeah, yeah. Dude, why do you think they bring in all these other characters? They brought in so many side characters. Now they put the fucking belt on Eli. No, not on Eli, on Hawk. They put the title on the man. They strapped the rocket to his ass. They're taking him to the top. I, I was going to say, e- Eli, he had one little th- thing that Robbie said, all right, sit down, bro. But, like, Robbie's bigger than him. Both yeah. girls are bigger than Miguel. Hawk's now bigger than Miguel. Dude, Miguel's taking such a side seat. They broke his fucking back and, like, his leg. Like, they destroyed the man. He couldn't even finish his karate tournament. He's a bad actor, and they're covering it up. That is my theory they signed them for multiple seasons they were in too deep and they're trying <laughs> to keep him off the screen so like uh, that's that's my pretty wild theory i don't think it's right i just he's not yeah. a good actor so that's fine i'll take it over in gaming and we'll start one of your favorites bug snacks has been announced for switch and coming for 28 yeah it's like two weeks from today so uh, two weeks from the time you're hearing this episode, I will be in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We have to talk. Hey. About, we have to talk about that. By the way, we did a little impromptu family vacay. We're taking a week down downtown, down south. Two weeks from now, we're going to. We got a little resort action in Myrtle Beach. Oh, so. there you go. A little so, vacay. You deserve it. Yeah, we'll probably have to skip a week because we're leaving on Monday. So we're like, I can't record on Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll figure it out. We'll talk offline, ladies and gentlemen. A little inside baseball. Hey, we, we take a week off. We're on vacation. Uh, pod, uh, pod, pod snacks. Bug Snacks, my number four game of 2020. It was such an un, um, like what's the what's the uh, unappreciated? No, 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 no. Um, out of nowhere, un. Mm. You know, it came. It, I'll just say that it came out of nowhere, and like, just from all the previews, from that fucking song, I couldn't stop singing, and it wasn't in a good way. I I was so down on this game. And then there's the, the final preview came out when they were finally allowed to say, like, this isn't what you think it is. This is Pokemon Snap with a really fucked up thing going on. Like the premise is there's a bunch of bugs that are in the shape of food. Like a bunger is a hamburger spider and like um, a hambunger, I think it is called or something. Or no, a frider. A frider. That's it. I'm sorry. It's a French fry spider. And like when a bug snack, when when a person on the island or a, a thing on the island eats a bug snack, one of their limbs becomes the bug snack, and they can't turn it back. But they're all addicted to it like a drug, so they eventually just mutate themselves. It's it's so fucking dark, and like when that game took the turn that it did, and I was like, oh, what? I got hooked, and now they're doing. The Switch version, it's coming to Game Pass day one on Xbox 8428. So if you haven't played it yet, it was f- available for free on PlayStation for a couple months um, when the PS5 launched. And uh, I snuck right in there at the finish line to grab the free version when I got my PS5 in December of 2020. So I got to play that in January. And uh, dude, like unbelievably good unbelievably good game so it's only nine to 12 hours they're they're adding a bunch of bug snacks to catch it's like a pokemon snap thing uh where you fill up your decks by grab by trapping them 
um, in these nets. And so like, it's, it's really, really cool. The Isle of big snacks is the DLC. They're dropping it for free. You can't beat it. So I'm all in on this. I will not really get the switch port. It's 720 P by in 30 FPS. Like I'll just play it on PS five. I'm not even going to do yeah. the game pass version because why I already have it installed on my PS five. I never uninstalled it. Um, I know that the PC and PS four versions have some pretty, rough load times and they have a pretty big problem with loading ps5 doesn't obviously ps5 is the fucking goat with that um (laughs) so if you're gonna play a version play it on playstation 5 but if you don't have a playstation 5 you know game pass or switch boy you cannot miss this one kingdom hearts 4 has officially been announced sora has toes can we move on please i don't give a fuck but i know a lot of people do so there you go it's out that was one game series that I never played growing up. Sora is amazing in Smash Bros, but Kingdom Hearts, I love the first game. Every other game after that missed, so I'm out. Vicarious Visions is officially gone as they now merge with Blizzard to focus on developing future titles. Yeah, that was the rumor that we actually reported on this pod a year ago or so that Vicarious Visions was merging with Activision Blizzard and making Call of Duty games for activision blizzard but now it's been confirmed that it is blizzard so like overwatch 2 and diablo and warcraft and stuff like that they're going to work on this was the developer that brought us the crash insane trilogy um this is the developer that brought us tony hawk's pro skater one plus two remastered so like some pretty hot remakes and now they're just going to work on blizzard games which Fuck Blizzard, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel grateful that we did get both of them remakes, but that does suck. It does. And now another. Because we don't play Blizzard games, you and I. No. And and fuck Blizzard. Fuck. I. So like, there's that. He's like, but, I don't even like snow. But like, at the same time, at the same time, though, Activision, Tony Hawk is Activision and I played the show. That's it. But like, yeah. Tony Hawk, I was hoping for three plus four. I was hoping for a brand new Tony Hawk game from vicarious because they did better than anybody else who worked with the tony hawk game since neversoft so it's like that's out toys for bob made crash 4 so crash was already gone from vicarious really tony hawk is the main mia culpa the 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 real kick in the ass so that sucks if tony hawk games were to are to continue it's going to be under a new developer pissed the last story we have in gaming the ps5 and xbox series x versions of the witcher 3 have been delayed with no new date. Shocker. Mm. CD project. Did they delay another game? Something? Shocker. <laughs> they also said that cyberpunk is getting an expansion. Whoop de doo basil. Yeah. <laughs> they said aiming for Q1 2023. So why did you say that? Wait, no, this, is, this is 2024. Wait till Q4 minimum to announce this and say it's coming in two months. So you cannot delay it. This There's no chance now that the, this is going to come out next year. No chance, at least in Q1 when they were uh, hoping for it. No chance, Basil. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, there's that, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care. Witcher 3 is like four or five bucks on sale like every couple months. Get it then. You don't got to wait for the PS5 version because of shit. This game's a decade old. <laughs> Uh, Sam, bring us home with your weekly water. Weekly water? That's what I base my question around. Crash Bandicoot, The Wrath of Cortex. This was the PlayStation 2 version. This was the original sequel to Crash Bandicoot Warped. And then it kind of got red with Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Um, but this came out in 2001. I was fucking in sixth grade. 
I, I feel like the reviews on it, people are like, they were a little rough saying like not too much has changed in it. Um, there was not like from one and two that it was kind of still similar, but it's, it was what one of the first releases for the PlayStation two, mm-hmm. I think, right. PlayStation two was what? Oh, one. Mm-hmm. So you figure it's thousand, I believe actually. Okay. So whatever, but th- this one for me was, I guess, more towards nostalgia growing up. It was always crash two and the wrath of cortex. I had warped, but the, the second one and the wrath of cortex, they were the, always the ones that were my favorite. So I got this one back from Wada, came back a 9.6 ACL rating, which I'm super happy with, developed by Traveler's Tales. This was the first party Y scene with the Sony security label and tear strip. Again, review-wise, IGN gave it a 7.4 out of 10. Game Informer, they only, for whatever reason, reviewed the X was the Xbox version. Hmm. 7.25 out of 10. So I, I thought it was deserved a little bit more love than that, but that's fine. It sold over 1.56 million copies in North America, sold 170,000 copies in Japan, and over 600,000 copies in the United Kingdom. So it was definitely a successful game. Obviously, we're continuing to make another more Crash games. Well, only one after this, and then Crash Force about time. But again, I think this is made for the villains for me. I always loved Tiny Tiger. That was always my dude. You'd be in a ball racing around this like bamboo track. I always thought that was fun as shit, even though like I know I definitely broke a couple PlayStation two paddles in my day. <laughs> but originally, the, this game was supposed to be an open world game, which I, I Matt Cerny he was the one that he wanted as a free roaming, and then it kind of became under a, a, um, a new direction, and that that's kind of why it became just the same rendering of the Crash Bandicoots. But I love where his head was at of kind of having an open world crash bandicoot game i i would love to see what that looks like but i doubt we're never going to see it because i don't think uh, matt cerny is writing any more crash bandicoot games but i thought his idea was great just a shame that um once they had the agreement to enable konami to publish crash bandicoot and they went away with that and went changed directions but that's fine i would have loved to get a playstation 5 version of this I think I still have my PS2 game, so I technically could still play it on the PS3. But I definitely would love an upgrade, but since Vicarious uh, is gone, I don't think we're ever going to get one, sadly. But that's fine. So if you have the old, if you have the original PS3 and you have an old PlayStation 2 game, definitely check out Crash Bandicoot, The Wrath of Cortex. There's a 0.1% chance that this shows up on that PlayStation Plus Premium like the old games, but probably not because Crash and Activision are Xbox properties. So Sucks. probably not, but you never know. I mean, stranger things have happened. Ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 279. Wow. We are 20 Holy. episodes away from episode 300. So close and so far. What are we going to do for that? I don't know. Maybe just nothing. Maybe we just, we just we just do a normal episode. <laughs> we should get every single co-host we've ever had together: Jim, Damian, Brian, Shriver. It's too many. Yeah, it's just too many people. All of us on 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 Zencaster and just have one giant fucking. Festival. We'll crash the site. Crash Bandicoot site. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. That was episode two seventy nine. We'll see you next week for episode. 